Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. It is our great joy to bring you the Word of God so that you can hear it and you can apply it to your life so that you will continue to grow and be faithful in the things of God. As you listen to this message today, ask the Lord to just lead you and guide you and help you so that He can use your life to make a difference in the people that you come in contact with every day. This is our day and this is our hour to be the light of the world so that God can make a difference. At the end of today's message, we're going to give you more information on how to connect with us online and or in person. We'd love to connect with you and help you to grow in the things of God. Now come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's Word. In the first chapter in 1 Corinthians, we see Paul being introduced here in this letter to the church. And he responded to some of the things he heard with this letter. And one of the problems the church had was factionalism. Factionalism. We call it cliques. They had some cliques in the church. Uh, some of the people had their favorite preachers and they didn't want to come when the other person was preaching because I like this one. Most of their serious problems, however, was not detaching themselves from the worldly ways of the society around them. That was their problem. They had come into the church, but the church was not in them. Uh, let me put it this way. Remember the, the children of Israel left Egypt? Remember when, when Moses brought them out of Egypt? And they was out there in the wilderness. And it wasn't too long before they started complaining. In fact, it wasn't too long before uh, when Moses went up to pray with the Lord. And he was gone too long. They built them another God. And they started to party. So they was out of Egypt. But Egypt was not out of them. And so these people uh, uh, had come out of this culture and this society. And they started church. And, and they were saved. But they still... Um, had these worldly ways. They had a hard time getting decorinthianized. Like many believers today, the Corinthian believers had great difficulty in not copying the unbelieving society around them. Even today when we're at church and we start talking about the things of God, you know, people now want to call you a hater. Pastors and ministers are getting afraid to say what the Bible says. When the Lord says homosexuality is a sin, they want to call you a hater. But it's still a sin. Now we need to love the person, but we need to hate the sin. You have to put homosexuality in there with stealing. Somebody asked me once, a pastor, would you have a homosexual musician playing the organ I said I wouldn't have a thief playing the organ if I know he's a thief it's just sin when they get saved they stop sinning supposedly so here's this church they wanted to be in God's kingdom while keeping one foot in the kingdom of the world you know anybody like that they want to be in God's kingdom but I want to keep one foot over here because in case I'm on a party like it's 1999 oh no uh, where we at now I want to get my groove back I don't want to lose my groove so I don't have to get it back 
So with all of that going on, Paul recognized their spiritual position and their potential for spiritual power and spiritual blessings. Let's look at what he wrote. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. He says, Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes. To the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be holy, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours, grace and peace be to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way in all your speaking and in all your knowledge because of your testimony about Christ, because our testimony about Christ was conformed in you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly await for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will keep you strong to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God who has called you into fellowship with his son Jesus Christ our Lord is faithful. I'm not going to be able to go through all of these verses but I'm going to get as far as I can. The first thing I want you to notice is in verse 2 when Paul begins to write to this church. Notice that he is writing to the church of God in Corinth, not the church of God in Christ. The church of God and is in Corinth. The church is a body of people who belong not to themselves or to any leader or group or pastor, but the church belongs to God. Let me just say that. Say, we belong to God. So you are God's people. The church are people who are called out and belongs to God. So believers, whether pastors or ministers or members in the church, together compose the body of Christ here in the earth, and you belong to God. So Paul says, to the church of God in Corinth. That's who I'm writing to. We're not our own. You are the church of God. You are the people of God. Paul says you were bought with a price. You no longer belong to yourself. Okay, nobody even want to agree with that. You don't belong to yourself if you're saved. That's where the problem comes. You want to do your own thing, but you don't belong to you. And Paul is telling them that. Uh, you are the church of God. So first he said, to the church of God. Secondly, he said, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus. Paul writing to him. He, now, what you don't know right now is he's going to get ready to tell him all the stuff they're doing wrong. And what they need to put out of their lives and all the sin and stuff he heard about. But before he tell them that, what they did, he's telling them who they are. You are 
sanctified in Christ. I know that because I was there when you got saved. You are sanctified in Christ. You are the church of God. You are sanctified in Christ. Now what is a saint? As the term used in the New Testament, a saint is not a title or a position bestowed upon those in the church once you reach a certain level. You got to get to the level to be a saint. No, it's not like that. You don't have to meet some qualification because of service or behavior before we can call you a saint. The Greek word translated for saint means set apart one. The one who has been set apart. The one who's been set apart. Or holy one. Paul is saying that they were saints because they have been sanctified, set apart from sin, and made holy in Christ Jesus. You're a saint because you've been sanctified, you've been set apart, and you've been made holy in Christ Jesus. When did that happen? When you got saved. This is what God did when you got saved. When you genuinely gave your life to Christ, you were made holy and set apart positionally. In your position, you were made holy and you were set apart. That's what God did. You didn't recognize it. You, you know, you were the last one that thought you were holy. Because you know what was still in your mind and you know the stuff you still had to work out and what have you. Let me ask you this question. When does eternal life begin? The moment you are saved. He's already said, once you're genuinely saved, I'm not just talking about those who, who planned, who just perpetrated, who just thought they, who just came up and, and, and made a profession with their mouth but did nothing in their heart. When you get genuinely give your life to Jesus Christ, you are saved. You know what God does? He take out his big stamp and he stamps saved, saint, holy. Right. Paul is telling those who are in the church, this is who you are. You are the children of God, the church of God, and those who are sanctified. And until you understand this, you're going to be confused when you read how these saints were acting. According to the scripture, every true believer in Jesus Christ, whether you're faithful or unfaithful, whether you're a leader or a follower, is set apart. You're a holy person. You are a saint. How many saints we have in here? Alright, so I want you to get your sign this week and I want you to put it on yourself that just says saint. We need to get some saint badges. How many would wear our saint badge all week? Alright, we need to get some badges and put it on you and say saint. So notice Paul says of the church in Corinth, you are sanctified and called holy. We are holy because the sanctifier the one who makes us holy has already sanctified us in response to our trust and our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 11 said, Both the one who makes men holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers, the one who makes men holy. So it is the work of Christ, not our own, that makes us holy. We are saints by calling. We are saints by calling. 
See, when the scripture referred to being called or calling, it means that act of salvation that has been manifested in our lives. When we are called to the Lord, that means that he called us, he saved us, and he brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's that process. We are called. So the Corinthians were saints because God called them to be saints. He saved them. That's why Paul could say in the book of Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1 to the church, as a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. You've received this calling as a saint, now live a life like it. He told Timothy in 1 Timothy 6.12, fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. You were called when you made your confession. Now the challenging thing about this passage is Paul's declaration. But when he declared all the Corinthian believers to be saints while they were doing things that were sinful and displeasing to God. This is Jerry G. Martin, and thank you once again for joining us as we have brought the Word of God to you, and we are hopeful that your life has been enriched and that you have been encouraged. It is such a privilege to come to you, no matter where you are. You may be in your home or your automobile or your place of business. If you would like to hear today's message again in its entirety, you can do so by going to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. Again, that's The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You can also join us on our website at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. And as always, I invite you to be our guest at The Light of the World. We meet each Sunday at 10 a.m. at 16161 Old Humble Road. If you're in Atasca Cedar, Kingwood, Summerwood, Fall Creek, North Houston, Northeast Houston, you're in our neighborhood. Come and be our guest. I want to remind you that the Beacon Christian Bookstore is located right here on our campus. Almost every Christian bookstore in our city has closed, but we have an inventory of Bibles, communion supplies, Sunday school books, offering envelopes, study materials, or whatever you might need. Call the Beacon at 281-441-2885. Again, that's 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, May the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.